Riding with Velvet Tom. And now, your host with really bad timing, Velvet Tom. Hello, 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 Velveteers. This is Bad Timing with Velvet Tom. I am your host, lover, loser, legend, Velvet Tom, intercontinental lounge singing sensation velvet tom yes siree that's me this is my podcast bad timing welcome to it welcome back this is episode two so there's an episode one floating out there in interspace somewhere to listen to so if you haven't go back and listen to it get all caught up if you're coming back then you're a fan man thanks for being a fan i love you i love you anyway because i am all about the love and more. And I'm glad that you are here today because this podcast is a labor of love, folks. And you can listen to it on all different kinds of formats. You can listen to it on Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud. You can go to my YouTube channel. Yes, that's right. I got a YouTube channel. I've had one for quite a while. Go to YouTube. Type in Velvet Tom. Find my channel. Subscribe. Watch the podcast as a slideshow because you'd like to see the folks that I'm talking to, wouldn't you? If you're not going to see my promo, then you get to see them on that version. Well, you can go to YouTube. You can also go to velvettom.com, get to my YouTube page there, and you can get to other things. That is the portal for all things Velvet Tom. I realize it's real early aughts to say, hey, baby, why don't you go to my website of velvettom.com but i'm not kidding you everything you need to know about me is there including my facebook my instagram my twitter all of it's there but go there first imagine it as a, a highway an information super highway can you see it i bet you can and it's all things velvet tom just waiting for you I can't wait for you to click and tap on wherever you need to go from there. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for following. Thank you for subscribing. And if you'd like to support me and the show in other ways, you can go to Venmo. At Velvet-Tom. A buck here, a buck there, here a buck, there a buck, everywhere a buck, buck. I'd love the support. Because I'm a one-man production crew over here, folks. And I'm having to wear many hats. In fact, I don't go anywhere without a hat anymore because I haven't had a haircut since mid-January, and I'm going all the way to mid-July. So a hat is necessary. You should really see this hair. It is everywhere. It's probably the most hair I've had since I've started losing it. And you know what? I, I don't shame myself about my hairline. I accept it fully. And I do like the fullness and the lushness and really the sheen of my hair. But it's going away, folks. It's got to. I'll probably be shaving my head live on my Instagram. So it's just another reason to support Velvet Tom, folks. We have a great many guests for you in future episodes. You're really going to enjoy yourself including today's guest, episode two's guest, Carlotta Champagne, is a model. She's a glamour model. She's a nude model. She's an art model. She is a model citizen. She's a role model to many young folks who would like to be a model just like her. I love her work. I've been aware of her for about nine years. We are friends through a mutual friend, Titania, who is mentioned in this conversation coming up. And we met each other because they needed a comedian to shoot YouTube videos. And that's when I sort of showed up on the scene and met Carlotta for the first time. We talk about that experience and more, folks. I am so excited about her. This conversation was recorded a couple of weeks ago when she was sequestering in Nebraska at her boyfriend's 
folks place on a farm. So they got to do some farm living folks. That's where this conversation begins, but where it goes, nobody knows until you listen to it. Here is my conversation with model citizen, Carlotta Champagne. You have a house available to you? Yeah, so um, my boyfriend's family is from here. There's an extra home and basically we just decided it was safer to not be in Los Angeles, like get out of the big city. We're basically staying on a farm, so it's middle of nowhere. It's just a bit safer. So I have family from New York staying at my place. Oh, all right. So were able to it kind of works out really well because they'd probably be driving me crazy if I'd been spending the last six weeks with them in my house. Seriously. <laughs> I can only imagine because you're being a host to somebody during the quarantine, you know? I mean, who wants to do that? Yeah, no, no. no unless you have to, you know, unless... You know. The, the plus side is my house is taken care of and I've, I have a very large dog and they're taking care of him too, so... Okay, so you, how many dogs do you have now? I have two. Um, I have a small Cocker Spaniel and a large Mastiff and the Mastiff is still at home. Oh, okay. And the cocker's with you. Yeah. Oh, that's good. They got to be loving the farm. Yeah, she is. There's like wild rabbits everywhere, and that's all she wants to do is chase rabbits all the time. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's cute. I mean, she can't catch them. If she caught them, it wouldn't be cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, just chase, you know. I mean, I we have two cats, and I think if mice showed up, they'd just watch them roll by and go, hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> they would probably be pretty chill. Speaking of which, that's one of my cats, Farley, in my background. Oh, very cute. Very cute. Yeah, I noticed him in the background, but didn't know uh, if he was a personal cat or just one you were particularly fond of. Uh, <laughs> I am particularly fond of. You know, we got her. we got her last year. I think she's almost... She's a year old, but I think our adoption of her is almost a year, and uh, she's a very boisterous cat, and she also likes to play fetch, so, you know, oh, so cool. I almost got, I got a dog in a cat suit, really. That's, so. that's ideal. See, I have a, a dog that is basically a cat for the most part, <laughs> so it's like the worst of all worlds. It's more work, and she's vengeful. So. Oh, really? Aloof, standoffish at times, even? Yeah, if she's unhappy, she'll pee on your purse, you know? That's the so. one. So um, how are you doing? I, I guess there's probably, there's no work, right? Like, you're an actor, no one's filming. Nothing is being done right now. I had a couple of things lined up as far as commercial work before everything came down. So it all just kind of froze. Universal Studios is closed until May 31st, but... I have a feeling. Are you a full-time employee there or part-time? I'm part-time, but through uh, union, I think we're able to get some sort of monetary help on a weekly basis. But it's probably going to be another, I, I, I don't know, I think our peak is probably shot there. Not to be a doomer gloomer, but you know, I just, I think August is probably really a target date for yeah. people to start coming back out for this, but you know, we can remain hopeful for sooner, but anybody going out in this and just blowing it off is just, is just insane right now. So that's yeah. good that you guys get to sequester, you know? Yeah, I, I think in a lot of ways it's safer. I don't know. Then again, we've had um, these like meat factories, these packing food factories right. that are, you know, maybe they're not too close to me, <clears throat> probably a couple of hours, but they've had outbreaks really bad. So even though we're leaving the city to come to a safer area, it, it's still out here. You can't hide from it. No, uh, LA, you know, you were probably right to do so because once in a while I have to go over to my other apartment because New Year's Eve, I got married and we live at my wife's place, which is about two minutes from my old apartment. But just driving in between the two, the five-minute drive that it is, people are just walking out on the sidewalks. I mean, they're covering their faces for the most part. But really, the social distancing, I, 
I can't believe how good Mark's LA County is getting for all of this when really people are just pretending like nothing's happening, especially around Griffith Park. It's nuts. Well, I suppose maybe that just says how much worse it is everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, how compounded it is. I, yeah. You know, one of the other reasons that I left was just this fear that if we had any secondary like emergencies, it could be really disastrous. And I was thinking if we had an earthquake in LA that was really bad, people would be freaking out in the streets. They wouldn't know what to do. And you guys had an earthquake a couple of days ago. How about that? How about that? And we but, felt, I mean, it was kind of, we felt like the very end of it over here. Well, was, I'm glad it wasn't a, a bad one, that, that's for sure. But it's foreboding to come, you know, it's just like an earthquake is all you need. I mean, after this to finish us off would just be an asteroid at this point. So. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why does it, or a tsunami or some nonsense like that. We're definitely hoping from the best. I'm originally from Missouri, so I'm originally from that time zone. And I got to tell you, that I guess if worse came to worse, I could see us, me and Thaphne and the cats piling into the Prius and heading west to Missouri and just trying to be at least too, uh, close to family. I don't think there's uh, really going to be much going on, you know, I'm, so I'm going to settle in. I've taken up guitar. I understand you've taken up uh, some guitar during this, some quarantine guitar. I, I can't say I'm too good, but I think I, I've learned like five or six chords. <laughs> I, I am not. I, I'm not that good. You've learned many chords than me. I think I got to be driving my upstairs neighbors uh, to death with bad versions of Creep. Uh, on the <laughs> I love your work. I love your work ethic. Uh, you post something every day. Where does your where do you get started? Where does where does Carlotta Champagne begin? Oh Lord, um, I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of. Um, I guess I don't know. I'm not much of an astrology person, but you you know I'm a Gemini, so Carlotta is sort of my alter ego it's my other personality it's it is me but it's also not me uh -huh. so it's a uh, persona and that part of me has a really really good self-esteem <laughs> <laughs> but i've been a professional i guess nude model for who i don't know 15 years i've been full-time since 2006 so i i was doing it before then but um not full-time so. But as the, as the, as the business, yeah. part, uh, you've been doing it for about 15 years. I, I went to a Playboy casting call in 2005, at the very end of 2005. And um, I'd been dabbling in modeling and taking modeling jobs here and there. But once I got published with them, it was like an overnight job. Where did that all start? Where, where are you from originally? Um, I'm originally from uh, Central Florida. I grew up in a town called Winter Haven, and um, I was in college in Tampa, which is about maybe 45 minutes away. And um, I was an art student, so I would model for artists and pose for, you know, photographs for people to work from and um, drawing classes. I guess I'm trying to remember, I, I think I answered a couple of ads on like posing for, you know, photography things, but they were all really art-based. And then, um, and then it just started growing into more glamour. It was, glamour was not something I was seeking out. That wasn't a side of me that I really knew. I think I was too young, but um, glamour found me. <laughs> glamour photography, there, there's call for that because of, because of catalog work. Yeah. I mean, there's a call for that for everything. I mean, sex sells and it, glamour is kind of a large a large thing of uh, genres within glamour because you've got swimsuit modeling and lingerie modeling and just sexy casual and um you know it, it's so many different things i mean you could also throw in porn as glamorous <laughs> you know what i mean so there's <laughs> glamour there's so porn i love it I imagine probably the more artistic is probably some of your more favorite work. I, I seem to recall one thing where you were doing, where you had lizard prosthetics and I just thought <laughs> it was amazing. It, yeah. A sexy lizard lady. It was, it was, it was quite something like how long of a process did that take? Can you talk about that shoot in particular? Um, yeah. So do you know Dan Gilbert? He, um, 
he works at Waterworld at Universal? I don't um, think so, no. Okay, he's one of the villains, but anyway, um, he does like horror prosthetics and he did that um, with me and it took so long. <laughs> I kind of didn't know what I was getting myself into. I was thinking, okay, you know, I'll, I'll do like a six or maybe an eight hour day. I was there, I think from 11 a.m. until 1 a.m. It was just a really, really long time. The majority of it was putting on the prosthetics and then painting them because the, the prosthetics don't come painted. They're like skin tone. So mm -hmm. once you get them all glued on, then you have to airbrush and they airbrushed my whole body, airbrushed the prosthetics to match. That whole process just took so long. And then you shoot and the shoot is like an hour, maybe two. And then the process of getting it all off is hours hours it's oh my gosh. awful and then the next day you're still finding like green paint in your ears and you're like what the hell did i do to myself <laughs> days days yeah for the, art, for the love of it i mean obviously the finished product turned out absolutely yeah. wonderful i figured you probably like more challenging thing uh more challenging setups like that i actually i tend to avoid body painting work just because it, I've had some really bad experiences where like it'll dye my skin and then I'll just be blue and then I can't take work for a week and but yeah so I, I generally avoid body painting work um, but I do like fine art modeling in general I like working with artists especially when people like sculpt or draw or paint from you you get so many different ideas of something and I've done a lot of art modeling for um, like these online colleges. Mm -hmm. It's actually funny because a girlfriend of mine from high school messaged me. She's doing, um, she's in art school right now and they've had to turn everything online. So she's drawing from live models online. And she says, she messages me and she's like, Carlotta, I've been drawing you in my drawing class. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> so it's, it's there for eternity, but I love seeing what people can create. And um, one of the more interesting things about dealing with a lot of different artists mm -hmm. and different visions, oh my goodness. <laughs> I am going to have to go yell at somebody for a second, I think. <laughs> um, so yeah, one of the things with dealing with different artists is that um, you have to be able to have a sense of humor because people are gonna do things that are gonna offend you. They're gonna be uncomfortable. Um, I'm trying to think of like my grandfather, for instance, this has nothing to do with me as a model, but he uh, did cartoons and he would do caricatures and things like that. Mm -hmm. And he would, if someone had a big nose, he would just go really over the top and he wouldn't just draw their nose big. He'd like tape on a second piece of paper just for <laughs> <laughs> You know, it might really offend them, but that was just his form of art. It, it was humor. Yeah. And I've seen that in stuff with me too. I'll, I, oh my gosh, there's a guy on DeviantArt. Someone took photographs of me and he drew these really elaborate drawings of me from them. And you think, wow, these are great. Except he added a huge penis. <laughs> <laughs> and the photographer was horrified. He was like, why would they do this to my favorite model? And I'm over here laughing. Like, you gotta have a sense of humor. If you don't have a sense of humor, like, you are not gonna fare well in my industry. <laughs> At least you got a uh, look to see what you look like with the dick. And I mean, it was like, I was solidly packing in, in these drawings, like, you know, arm length. <laughs> <laughs> Baby arm holding a peach, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's wonderful. You won't be posting those. Are, are those out in the world somewhere? Or? They exist, yeah. I found them on DeviantArt. I think, um... I think the person's name was like Shemale Penciler or something, but they would just take drawings, like pictures of women, and then just add giant penises, because that's <laughs> what they're missing. <laughs> uh, have you ever done like prosthetics, like facial hair? Have you ever been like the bearded lady in any photo? No, no, no that would be fun to do though. I always like the robot sexy layouts. I mean, I mean, it's more prosthetics, but I thought, mm -hmm. 
with your also with your love of sci-fi and such you might be interested in being like the human version of those robots i think i know what you're talking about I'm like ex machina sure. but all almost like completely robotic i've dabbled in some cosplay and i i've done the robot from the old movie metropolis which is oh you cool. have yeah i think i think i know who you're talking about is i can't remember his last name it's like mazzetti or quite a famous artist yeah, comic book artist back in the day so you have been the you did you did the metropolis robot yeah i've done the metropolis robot um i've done quite a bit of like little cosplay things here and there, but that one is intense. Um, my friend Titania actually did my makeup for that and just gave me full robot makeup. And then the cat suit is intense. It's full latex and it's got like, the face is cut out and the rest of your hair and everything is also in latex. It was all silver latex. Now, did you paint that? Yeah. Did it all just come like that? Um, it was actually made for a runway show by a latex artist, and I ended up purchasing it off the model that it was custom made for. So I can't remember who the artist was that made it, but it, it's a one of a kind. Is there a setup that you haven't done yet that you're itching to do as a model? Um, I'm not really sure. People always surprise me with things that I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't done that. There's nothing that I've I've got maybe immediately on my agenda, but you know, there's there's always time for new things. Nobody's got anything on their agenda right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. As I mentioned, I, I see your internet presence uh, as well as being a fan. I'm glad that I'm a friend, uh, you know, to uh, be able to uh, see your world and see your work. Do you, at this point, keep office hours? Is this, is this an everyday oh, gosh, thing? No. <laughs> I don't even know what office hours are. Um, my days are always kind of erratic. Right now, I think I have less stress in my life than I've ever had in the last 15 years. I'm obviously, I'm still working on Patreon and things like that, but I kind of work when I feel like working. I've got a backlog of photos that need to be edited for like 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I always have editing work to do. If I feel bored, I'll put on a TV show and I'll just do some editing, but I have to do blogs. I have to do updates. Um, every morning I wake up and the first thing I do is update my Instagram. And that way, if, if that's the only thing I do in the day, that's important because Instagram is a constant source of uh, promotion. And now I'm working on YouTube as well because I've realized that it's a really important form of advertising for yourself. Uh, yeah, YouTube, YouTube is still present after all these years. It keeps getting bigger. I keep thinking, oh, this is it, it's done. And then it keeps getting bigger. <laughs> it does, it becomes easier to be able to do things on the platform. They have the live desktop platform that anybody can do. I have been talent for you on some YouTube videos. Yeah, the Ragmag Rejects. Yes, the Ragmag Rejects. I love being a part of that. Thank you very much for inviting me to do that. I had a lot of fun that, uh, that particular day doing those sketches. And what's funny is that, you know, time will go by and then somebody will post it or comment and go, hey, is this you playing that? sleazy photographer in that sketch and then i'll get to go back and watch it and go yes yes it is that's so funny yeah you know i i really should go back and revisit the ragmag rejects so it was it basically for anyone that doesn't know what it is it was a sketch comedy kind of making fun of the modeling industry and the entertainment industries and all the stereotypes around it mm -hmm. and also stuff that we deal with like sleazy photographers and we would just have actor friends come in and play these roles, but they'd amp it up. Like if someone is a jerk, let's amp it up times 10 so people really get it. And so I miss the Ragmag Rejects a lot. All the girls in the group, it was me, Sarah Liz, Titania Lynn, uh, Victoria Vertuga, and Steffi C. And we're all doing different things now. So it's really hard to track everybody down. Basically, I wanted to pitch it as a TV show, and when I did, they asked me to stop updating the YouTube channel. They, they said, if you can just 
stop giving away your ideas until we've pitched the show. And it went through like six months of me waiting, going back and forth. And they finally said, okay, we can't do this. And here's why you guys are naked on the internet. And I was like, but that's what it's about. <laughs> We're naked on the internet. That's literally what it's about. And they're like, well, we could have actresses play you, but we can't actually have you being naked on the internet. It's going to be too problematic with TV. And wow. Yeah. And so it was a bummer because they were actually really into the concept mm -hmm. and maybe it was my ego that said no, but I was just like, this is my, this is my baby. You know, I don't want to just have somebody else play me. So I told myself I was going to go in a different direction and I just put it on hold and maybe that frustration, I just let it go to the side. But I wanted to rewrite it into a cartoon, make it like a South Park kind of thing. Yeah, an animation. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think that, that I think uh, a lot of good ideas will probably go to animation where it's just, we can sit at our home and record, record vo voiceover and have limited contact to see probably especially adult animation going through the roof as a result of this. So Yeah, I think that's a lot of it is that um, adult humor is often, you're not able to go that far with it um, when it comes to TV. Like they're like, oh, you can't have nudity or you can't have, that's too crass, but you can get away with stuff with cartoons. I think that precedent has been set since like post-war with Warner Brothers cartoons meant yeah. for kids, but written for adults, really. You know, there was always sort of a line of adult humor that went through it. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of things you can definitely get away with. And I think, uh, good for you for sticking to your guns. I mean, there are just, there are too many ideas that A, get, there are too many bad ideas that get greenlit, and there are too many good ideas that get passed on, I don't know, because of the pure Puritan nature of TV still, like network TV streaming would probably take you up on it. I think a, a Netflix or a Twitch or, you know, or even... Man, this would be the best time right now. If I, if I could draw, I'd be all over. <laughs> because <laughs> you, you imagine Netflix is going to run out of stuff pretty soon. They only have so many Tiger Kings they can put out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did you watch any of that? I dumped I out about three, uh, episode three. So I have not finished the... I think I have a fetish for, like really bad train wrecks. So I, I had to, I binged it. <laughs> I might have to recommit. I might have to recommit and finish it out just to say, just to say what. I'll probably go bonkers. I'll probably be the late to the party guy if I recommit. Yeah. No, but. I enjoyed it. It was, I mean, it is really sad for the animals. Um, the people are nuts. And that's really kind of what it became a focus of is People that seem to want these giant cats are also, they also have like personality flaws on a level most of us can't understand unless you've lived in Florida. Uh, what do you think of your fine state of Florida? What's your, without offending your family members? <laughs> <laughs> well, my parents were snowbirds. They just wanted to get away from cold. So we're what, not originally that? Floridians. Florida, man. I think the heat gets to people's brains because Florida is known for some really crazy behavior. And I, I'm convinced it's just going to be like the heat is, the humidity is making people nuts. It's the death metal capital of the world. So is it's making people angry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every crazy, you know, morbid angel, and, you know, those types of bands, they're all from Tampa. So. Wow. I yeah. always thought like Stockholm, Sweden was the death metal capital, like some- Black metal. What, what's that? Black metal. Is that black metal? Now yeah. you're a metal, you're a metal head, like you're, that's, <laughs> that's your genre, right? Um, I don't know if I would say it's my genre, but I'm definitely um, educated in it. There are some really great metal bands out there, but I would say for every good metal band, there's like, 5,000 really bad ones. So it's hard to get too into it. But you try and find some pretty good underground shows. Like LA is pretty good for having a surprise show of a band that you maybe saw. I've gotten really like lazy in my old age where I'm like, I only want to see people that are going to be epic, like Dolly Parton, which is not metal at all. Um, I did have concert tickets to see Judas Priest like in the fall. 
Oh yeah. But I have a feeling that most of these concerts will be canceled. That's a shame, yeah. Hey, did you see Dolly Parton at the Hollywood Bowl? Did you go to that I show did, yeah. years ago? God, yeah, I love that. I, I got I went at the last minute. I was like, there's probably not going to be another time that I'll see her. So uh, we bought tickets and sat way up, way up at the Bleeders and got the big view of Dolly Parton and just sat there and sang her songs all night. It was a good time. The person next to me was weeping the entire time. <laughs> It's, she has such an interesting fan base because she's got like, she's got a lot of women that just adore her. Uh -huh. And then she's got like big time country, like conservative religious fans. And then she's got gay men in flocks. <laughs> so it's just like a really unusual group of people. Let's, let's bring these like Southern conservatives and these super gay men. <laughs> I saw a group of really adorable gay men um, in like cut off Daisy <laughs> with their cowboy hats and their uh... yeah. I saw a drag queen there too with a big Dolly Parton wig and everything. Saw a lot of Dolly drag that night. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, people were people were decked out. I, you know what? She's transcendent. You know, there is there is something to be said. You know, for her pop in the eighties with nine to five, that's what sort of landed her mass appeal, I think. I think everybody loved her anyway. I mean, she she had hit song after hit song throughout the 70s and 80s, but nine to five was what really just... Yeah, well, you know, I think that she became probably a bit bigger with some of those movies. I mean, nine to five for sure. Steel yeah. Magnolias, like every role she takes, she's incredibly likable. She wouldn't take a villain. She'll only play herself. And then the she best had Little Whorehouse in Texas is probably my favorite Dolly movie. Yeah, she was amazing. Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. <laughs> oh boy, I you know what? That's uh, I think we can share that love. I think there's a lot of things. You know, as far as taste, you know, I think we like that mid seventies, eighties tacky. Yeah. Tacky yeah. taste. You have that uh, beautiful velvet Burt Reynolds that I imagine hangs in your living room at your mm -hmm. place. Yeah, I've got Burt Reynolds. Um, it's the nude centerfold, and it's it's a huge painting. I I had been looking at this thing for six months on eBay. Uh -huh. I'm like, okay, I just got to do it. But the problem was, it's like I don't know, five and a half, six feet long by four and a half feet wide. It's huge, oh, and it was coming from Canada. So I spent over three hundred dollars just to have it shipped. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it brings me so much joy. I wake up and I see Burt Reynolds nude in the morning and I'm like, it's gonna be a good day. You know? <laughs> Long live Burt Reynolds. Long live the bandit, really. Yeah, you know, I collect like nude erotic art um, and kitsch novelty, like velvet paintings. Those are my favorite. Yeah. And it is so hard to find tasteful male nude art that's not just like super crass or like somebody putting a big dick on a picture that probably shouldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's it's weird because it's just really hard to find tasteful male nude art that has like a level of kitsch to it that sort of still fits in the appeal for me. Um, um, one thing that I didn't get to do while it was open and I'm, I was sad to hear it close because I'm Velvet Tom is I wanted to go to the Velveteria. Did you ever make it down there to that? Yeah, yeah, I did. It was actually, it was a really great exhibit. And the guy that ran it, I can't remember his name, but he was so knowledgeable. They, I think they are hoping to reopen. They're just looking for a building or a space. No. I don't understand why the, the city should be boosting them up. They're valid art. Damn it, velvet paintings are important. <laughs> I had a Velvet Elvis in my bathroom in three different apartments from Kansas City to Chicago. So yes, I understand. You know, yeah, I have a really beautiful Velvet Elvis at home. Yeah, yeah. I, I found a few. I mean, almost to the point where people were giving them to me and I was like, okay, easy. I don't want to create my own Velveteria, not really. But it was definitely a phase that I went through. I wanted to get back to Dolly Parton because I feel like she was the precursor to Dr. Phil because she did that movie Straight Talk where she found herself accidentally a, an, 
an advice radio columnist, probably one of the last movies that she did. But you, okay. you, you had this, you had this, uh, you had a lady with a southern accent giving you all this down home advice from it. And then just a few years later, Dr. Phil comes out of the woodwork as sort of this mm -hmm. down home, shucksy folksy. I've yeah. never seen that movie. I should, okay. though. There's a few that I, I really need to catch up on. Like, I've never seen Rhinestone either with her and Stallone. One of my Dark Horse favorite comedies of all time. In fact, I have a VHS. I've been looking for a DVD. One of my favorite funniest movies of all time. I mean, and it was, it was a bad comedy. It got bad. I didn't even know it was supposed to be a comedy. For some reason, I thought it was supposed to be like a serious movie. It is very much a comedy. Uh, it, has, it has a lot of classic comedic performers of it. Uh, one of them, oh, one of them is the, is the actor that played Rachel Green's dad on Friends, uh, Ron something or other. Uh, but he was in it. He played the bad guy in it. It was basically, she had to turn Sylvester Stallone into a country music sensation. See uh, Rhinestone if you can. It's one of my absolute favoriteest comedies of all time. I think I just more, if I were to watch it, I'd just laugh at myself at why did I laugh at this? Why did I think this was funny 20 years Yeah, ago. I'll definitely check it out. It's, it's been on my to-do list for a while. Oh, so yeah. So have you been catching up on a lot of Netflix? Yeah, just rewatch The West Wing just to feel what it was like for a real White House, you know? Okay. Uh, not as good. How about yourself? What are you, uh, what are you watching on Netflix? You know, I haven't watched too much. Um, I made my boyfriend watch Idiocracy for the first time last night, and he was like, this feels like real, like the real world. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of the terror of it. It's funny, but... Not anymore. It's going to become a documentary rather than a, rather than a comedy. Uh, yeah, I always have flashbacks when I when I see pictures of folks who are rebelling against the quarantine, it, it just looks like just those uh, city scenes where people are just driving wherever they want, firing bullets into the air, and no one cares because that is just, that is the society that people are willing to accept. I don't know, but it is a brilliant movie. For... Yeah, it was made way ahead of its time. <laughs> I think, yeah, for sure. That intro of the couple versus the guy that's just like getting everybody pregnant and the couple is, it's not the right time in the market. I'm like, yeah. I think there are pockets of sanity everywhere, but you really have to look for them. Yeah, for sure. Do you see yourself staying in LA uh, going on in the future? I hope so. I love Los Angeles. I really miss my friends and just everything, like the, the restaurants, the food, and there's so much good food there, but I don't know what the reality of the world is going to be in six months. I mean, how many places are going to fold? It, will we be able to find food easily? Are, all these meat markets are, you know, full of coronavirus. They've shut everybody down. So I don't know what the future is for Los Angeles or anywhere. If this carries on much longer, fresh water and food will be an issue going down the road. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's really hard to say. It's kind of a foreboding time, you know. I want to try and plow through while we have it, you know. It's like here in our household, we're doing a lot of cooking and a lot of baking. So we're, so we're, so we're taking advantage of whatever we can, but whole foods are going to be the thing. Planting your own food might be the thing. You have sort of a green thumb. I have a green thumb. I don't, you know, I mean, starting a garden isn't going to be a problem. Do you have a yard? I'm in an apartment building, so I got to get creative with planting boxes if I want to grow anything. I have a yard, so I'm a little more fortunate with that. Um, I do have a nice garden, but hopefully my family is keeping it going. I, I showed them where the hose was and the fertilizer, and I was like, okay, water my babies. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You had sunflowers. You had sunflowers uh, planted. Oh my gosh! Last year, I planted mammoth sunflowers, and they got over twelve feet tall. Wow! Yeah, yeah, it was pretty incredible. And We're so, I actually planted seeds from those this season, and I was told that right now, like the tallest ones are about a foot. So they're growing. They're babies still. As far as work, I mean, 
you, like you said, you have plenty of to sort out. So you have plenty to keep you busy. There are plenty of pictures of you out in the world. You don't really have anything scheduled right now going forward. Right. So all photo shoots are postponed until question mark. And I think I'm getting to a point right now where I've been reevaluating my career a lot and kind of my goals and, um, I'm pretty fortunate that Patreon, um, which if you're not familiar is like, um, tell me all about it. I know very little about Patreon. Okay. You talk about it a lot. So yeah, feel free to give me your commercial on it. Okay. So Patreon is essentially like a GoFundMe for artists, except that it's like a monthly recurring. Anyone can, um, can be on there. If you write poetry, if you do drawings, um, and models have been using it as a platform to share their work and um, get to know them. And it's sort of all over the board with that. You've got people who are like showing you how to walk a catwalk to like porn stars who are just like, let's do porn on here, which has been a little more problematic um, because that wasn't the intent of the website. But I'm pretty fortunate because they are very nudity friendly as long as it's tasteful and, and with intent of being creative. So my work fits pretty well with Patreon and what their standards are. And so I have been just focusing on this for over three years now. And it's kind of very quickly become my main source of survival and income. And so I'm really fortunate right now that I have it because if I didn't, I would be so screwed because there's no security in the modeling world. There's no unions for like nude or glamour models. We don't have health insurance. You have to get it through the state. There's just no security at all. So Patreon is a lifesaver for me. And I know for many of my peers as well. With that said, I'm doing pretty well. Um, I have seen a small drop with, you know, coronavirus. I think people are scared to spend their money and I totally understand that. <laughs> I am too. But I'm hoping like long-term because I've, I have seen like, you know, a growth over the last three years that I can start cutting out photo shoots that I don't want to do. Like I just had this happen really recently where um, a picture of me that a photographer took, which is not a very good picture. He posted it up to sell on a stock website. And now it's on this like over 40 dating hot moms ads. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God. Ah. <laughs> and there's nothing I can do. And like, I'm not a mom. I'm not 40. I don't, you know what I mean? It's just like, and, and I'm not on there. I'm not dating people. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's just all false advertisement and it makes me look bad. So now I'm just thinking maybe I can phase this stuff out and just focus on what I want to create. Uh, how often is it that you deal with things like that where your where your pictures are often misrepresented? All the time. You know what catfishing is? So it's when somebody basically preys on someone else on the internet and they'll send them sexy pictures and talk dirty to them or whatever and they get them to spend money. Um, or sometimes, you know, they'll say they're going to meet with them. Um, but ultimately, it's just about getting their money. People use my images to catfish other people. I would say I probably get between two and five messages a day from strangers who are, you know, either telling me that they were catfished or why'd you stop responding to me on your other page? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Wow. <laughs> and sometimes they'll say, I, sp I sent you $3,000. Why do you stop talking to me? And I'm like, why doesn't anyone actually send me $3,000? Why do they send the guy in a basement $3,000? Be the ultimate Patreon right there. There you go. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, because, yeah, that's never happened to me. So I, I do empathize with these, these people when that happens. That's really unfortunate. And even more unfortunate is that sometimes they hold it against me. They get mad at me or they want to take their vengeance out on me. And I have nothing to do with it. I'm equally a victim. Of course you are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you didn't, all you did was just have your picture taken. And it, it happens every day, every day. <laughs> yeah, that's like whack-a-mole. I mean, really, that just becomes another problem. That becomes just another part of your business that you have to fix every day. Yeah, 
And so I think the, the biggest goal with that is the more red carpet events, the more premieres, the more like events where I get my name out there, mm -hmm. the less easy it is to use me as a catfish if I'm recognizable. I, I thought about that a lot as, you know, just becoming a public figure who shows up to events to get their picture taken. <laughs> I, I can't stand going to that stuff, to be honest. It's like, it's a lot of work. It is, yeah. I'm, I'm not a, like a salesman, so Hollywood parties like that, they just irritate the crap out of me. I'm like, I don't, I'm not trying to sell myself. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people like that I'm not an actress because they feel like they can just talk to me because every actor or actress that I meet, they're trying to get themselves apart and it becomes really frustrating after a while. It's like, Let's just have a conversation. Let's just do karaoke. Let's not, you know, sell each other to the next role. Most good work is based on good relationships. I think it's it's a lot of young Hollywood that I see doing that. It's like young people that have just moved to LA and it's like this slight desperation where they're like, I need any role. So they're just selling themselves all the time. Looking at your volume of work, I mean, I consider your you a hustler, but again, you don't have to sell, you don't have to sell yourself to be a hustler. It just sort of just comes uh, naturally. But I mean, if you weren't modeling, if, if, if it wasn't Carlotta Champagne the model, what it would be? Because you said that you'd been, you've been evaluating your career path. What would be a natural other career path for you? Yeah, you know, I, I have a couple of like really solid interests. Um, so I have a second business, it's called Two Girls, One Closet. I basically repurpose vintage clothing that has damage to it. I repair things, make them more interesting. If like I get a cool jumpsuit and it's got a stain on it, I'll embroider something on it or rhinestone it so that it's like completely Dolly Partoned out. And I sell at the swap meets and um, I was supposed to have a booth at DragCon, but DragCon got canceled. Yeah, so that's kind of my second business, but what I've been planning is to open a photography studio because I love set decorating. So I thought it would be fun to have kind of like Carlotta's porn palace, just shag carpets and round beds everywhere. That's that's my dream. So, yeah. Um, black. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just velvet everything. That is loosely my long-term plan is to open a photo studio and just have really cool sets and a way to make it good for photo shoots and videos and music videos and even events, bachelorette parties, mm -hmm. stuff like that. I don't know where the market's going to go for the moment, so that's sort of on pause. My hope was to have it open by the end of the year, but it may be a little bit longer than that. But a one-stop yeah. shop is, is, is the goal, really, always. Yeah. I mean. yeah, but if I can open a photo studio, that would be great for me as a model. I'd have a place to work. I have a million contacts. I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> yeah, I know. You've been doing this a long time. I'm so glad that I got to talk to you because I just... I really adore all of your work and I look forward to seeing all sorts of new things. I, I noticed that burlesque started becoming an interest. I love burlesque. I've been interested in it for a long time. And unfortunately, I'm, I'm really not a natural performer. I'm not a natural dancer. Mm -hmm. So I've taken some classes with Vixen DeVille and also... Um, I cannot remember her name. Oh my gosh. Is it Miss um, Spent Youth? Yes, Miss Spent Youth. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I just know people's first names and I don't want to yes, put that Ms. out. So um, Miss Spent Youth, thank you. And I've worked with both of them a little bit and I have learned a lot and I feel like I'm getting more graceful movements and things, oh. but um, I don't know if I'll ever be a performer, but I want to try. So it's on my to-do list. I figure I got to have goals and they're probably going to be within the naked arts. <laughs> I like that. The naked arts. It's <laughs> Do you have any, anything you want to take us out on any sentiments, any final, any final thoughts? Stay safe and be careful and wear your masks when you go out. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> like maybe there's going to be a whole new fetish of modeling where everyone wears masks and 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's the new condom. Like, <laughs> we're going to be like, you know, fighting it. You have to wear a mask and, and gloves. And people are like, you, you can go to Vegas and, and film without it. <laughs> like the condom law. <laughs> There's some good and some bad for this. You know, I mean, people who always thought handshaking was overrated, handshaking will probably go away eventually. No, I think this is going to be good for the world in some ways. Uh, yeah, we're going to see a lot of financial negatives, but I think it's making me reevaluate things that I really need. Do I really need my nails done every week? No. Do I need fake lashes glued on my face? No. The routine that we're getting used to is kind of a routine of luxury um, as Americans. And maybe it's good to step back and reevaluate what you actually need. I couldn't have said it better. That's That really is something, a chance to reevaluate. I think of how the earth is getting a chance to sort of repair itself as we're, as we do less. It's luxury, but it's to survive within luxury, you know? I mean, it's just like we work so hard to keep from working and self-care is often paying somebody else to pamper you at the same time. So I, th I think that this gives humanity a real chance to grow and i'm i'm excited to see what will come of that so hopefully people aren't too quick to forget <laughs> <laughs> there you go folks my conversation with carlotta champagne quick apology to my guest and to you the listener it may have sounded like the conversation ended abruptly it didn't i just didn't record the goodbyes from our zoom so we did say goodbye. We ended it nicely. It was a good conversation. The sentiments at the end are sentiments that should be echoed during this whole quarantine, this whole COVID-19. Wash your hands, cover your face, respect each other in general. This is a tough time and we need each other to get through it because it's going to take time. A whole lot of precious time. Yes, it's going to take patience and time. Uh-huh. To do it, 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 right, child. So let's do it right, children. Stay safe. Support Carlotta Champagne on Instagram or her Instagrams. She has thousands of followers. Become one of the thousands. Support her on Patreon. You heard her. She's got a backlog of content that hasn't even been seen by multiple human eyes yet. So go to Patreon, see some new content from Carlotta Champagne. Support this show. Go to my Venmo, at velvet-tom, and throw me a buck or two and just say, hey, keep it going, kiddo. Now what am I gonna do right now? I'm glad you asked. I smell like the land of a thousand taints. So I'm gonna go shower, and then I'm gonna trim my quarantine beard live on Instagram. You'll have to go back to my Instagram and see that happen because as you're listening to this, it would have already happened. Thank you very much for being a listener of Bad Timing with Velvet Tom. I love you. Stay velvet. <laughs>